The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Are you ready? It's time for your weekly dose of Wayne's Comics. Welcome to episode 466 of the Wayne's Comics Podcast, the final show of 2020. Thanks so much for listening. This week, we're going out of the year with a great exclamation point of an interview, and that's with Philip Kennedy Johnson, who's taking over the reins of Superman. We talk about what he has in mind for the coming year, as well as some of the great books he's created in the past. So I'm sure you're going to enjoy what he has to say. There's a lot to get to, so let's get on with the show. It's great to welcome to the podcast, or back to the podcast, I should say, Philip Kennedy Johnson, creator of many good things. The first time I ran into you was Smoketown, which I really loved. And now you're, I knew then you were going to do wonderful things, and boy, are you. Uh, how's it going, Philip? It's going great, Wayne. Good to, uh, good to be here again. Yeah, it's, gosh, so much has gone on since the last time I talked with you about three and a half years ago. Uh, I guess the biggest thing right now is Superman, which is uh, going on. Talk to me about Superman, because that's the big news, I guess, that's going on. How did that happen? How did it work out for you with Superman? Um, it's been kind of a kind of a long road getting in at DC. They, um, they noticed my book, Last Sons of America, a few years ago. Uh, Brian Cunningham, at the time, the Justice League editor. Um, we dug the book and asked me if I wanted to do anything else. And that led to the Aquaman annual that we did together. And that was well received and went, it was really fun. The, um, uh, the assistant editor on that book was the one that I had the most interaction with probably, uh, Amadeo Turturro. He became a good friend and very, very good collaborator. And, um, at some point he kind of made the jump over to Vertigo and Black Label titles and asked me if I wanted to do a more creator own type book there. That led to The Last God, which is still ongoing at DC Black Label. Issue 11 came out today, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, recording. Yeah. And um, let's see. Th- there was so much world building that went into that book. Um, <laughs> I kind of established a reputation as the guy that is willing to do way, way too much on little details and uh, just really go down the rabbit hole and just really try to make the world seem really big and authentic the way that you know fantasy writers do. And um, that led to me being involved in some plans to do some cosmic books that were going to be part of 5G and then plans for that changed. And it sort of became ideas for, well, what if we did, what if we apply some of these same ideas to to Superman? Like we had some big plans for Superman as well. And 
I uh, pitched some things we could do for it and it just worked out great. So it's that's what we're doing. So Last God kind of led to me doing other things at DC, including the, the Batman Tales of the Dark Multiverse that I did there, but ultimately Superman ongoing. So Last God led to, led to Superman. That, that's interesting because I like Last God a lot. You, you have done so many things. You talked about the Aquaman Annual, which I really loved. I, I never dreamed that you would do a story that story, I hate to spoil it for people, but there's a big surprise in there, which <laughs> yeah. I, I really loved. And what's interesting is other people seem to have built on that after you did that annual, which is kind of fun. But uh, you've got so many good things going on. I, I, I've got to talk some more about Superman because there's. I, I read on Twitter, somebody quoted you from, uh, I think, The Hollywood Reporter. You said, truth and justice are still ideas that deeply matter. I want everyone to see the Superman that I see, to believe in him, and to aspire to be him. I thought that was a wonderful quote. Uh, Thank you. I I believe it wholeheartedly. I really – the Superman that I see is based like very largely on Christopher Reeve's portrayal back in the 1978 film. And it's just – this is inherent goodness. And like he just – you know, he commands – he just walks in and is sort of – you just respect him and like him immediately. You you know he's your friend. He's there to help you. And just this inherent goodness that you want to see in your superheroes, you know? And seeing him in that light, even in the context of these gigantic intergalactic stories, just makes sense to me. Like, that's who Superman is to me even now. Like, I've seen these other great depictions of him. Um, depictions by, like, Mark Wade and uh, Grant Morrison that I really love. Um And I kind of, you know, I kind of meld those ideas of who Superman is with that original Christopher Reeve portrayal. That's still kind of who I see in my mind's eye. See, it's interesting to me. I'm I'm so glad you're getting to do Superman because you you tackle the stuff that other people seem to struggle with and make it seem effortless when you do it. It's there's something about Superman though that that. I just got to ask you about because Superman being this, and you're right, a good character and moral is the word I would use a lot, but him being such a moral character has led, I think, difficulty for some writers because we have a fair idea what he's going to do. Uh, you know, Batman, you know, we don't know exactly what he's up to, what he's going to do because he's got all these choices because he's Batman. Yeah. But Superman is always going to do the right thing, the moral thing. And as such, I, I think some writers have struggled with that. But it seems like that's something you're embracing and you're looking forward to tackling. Oh, yeah. I <laughs> I wish I could tell you some of the plans I had, some of the things I was literally writing today. Like I, You would think he's – I mean, he's predictable in that he's not going to do the shady thing. Uh, but sometimes, like, the, the best moments are when he surprises us, when he – when we, th- you know, when we think we know what we would do with Superman and then Superman comes along and we see him take a choice, make a choice that is even, you know, is, is the right thing, but something that would not have even occurred to a regular person to do, you know, those are the moments that really kind of give you the, give you the, uh, you know, just the chills that you get like, ah, oh, what a great person and not just great, but his powers are not really the the point of the character. Like he's, he, he can do all these amazing things, but the powers are really the best way to express how incorruptible he is. He's kind of the thing. The other day I was telling someone that Superman is the living contradiction to that old adage that um, absolute power corrupts absolutely. And Superman is the sole example of, of when that did not happen where he's got this absolute power, but he wields it with absolute compassion. 
you know, he's, he's, uh, he always does the right thing. Despite he has the, he has all this power at his fingertips, but he wields it like you would want him to, you know? Do, do you think he's tempted at all sometimes when, because he's got all this power at his, at his hand, he's not tempted at all to, to misuse it then sounds like in, in your uh, perspective of it. Not from my perspective. From my perspective, he's the real deal. He 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 always consistently walks the walk. So to me, that's that's who he is. He's meant to be. I mean, we're supposed to we're supposed to aspire to be him. Like the the power fantasies that we get from Batman and Superman are very different. Like, in fact, it's not really a power fantasy. From Batman, it's a power fantasy because he's a he's a mortal man who made himself into this godlike figure who can, he's, you know, shoulder to shoulder with gods and he's just as good as them, you know, just from force of will. And it just makes you feel like, yeah, I can do anything. You know, um, Superman is an aspirational character where you want to be more like him. Like you want to be that person who's not tempted. You want to be the person who, who can do anything, who always does the right thing, who always makes the right decision. Um, so to me, he, he used to remain that aspirational character, like not to say that he never gets angry or, you know, doesn't have, I don't know. Like, I just don't ever want to see him in that light. I don't want to see Superman be, be the bad guy or even be tempted to be the, like we see Batman tempted to, um, to kill the Joker or whoever. Mm-hmm. And then he makes it through, but Superman's different. Like, I don't think you should ever see Superman tempted to kill or to, to steal or to do anything that we wouldn't want him to do. Now, see, I, I, you probably have come across the injustice stories. Yes. Those are a very different Superman because, you know, I, I, I went, I tempted some guy to read the, and he got into injustice because I told him the very beginning was a huge surprise, you know, but the Joker is involved with Superman and it changes Superman dramatically. Oh yeah. And so that's a totally different universe from what you're approaching. Yeah, completely. Like I, I really admire what Tom Taylor did with that, with that story. It's, it's an awesome take. Um, it, I mean, Tom's a friend and I love his work and that's, it's so cool to, like, I, I really enjoy writing and reading these alternate reality kind of stories where everything's gone wrong and you see your favorite characters, but in such a just madly different context, it's just awesome to see that. But that's a, you know, yeah, that's a different kind of, to me, that's a different Superman. We're never going to see that version of Superman in my, in my story. Um, that's, you know, not to spoil that story for anyone who hasn't read it, but it's, you see him pushed in a way that we haven't really seen Superman pushed. Um, the Superman that I'm writing would not make the decision that that Superman made. Um, that's just not, not who he's going to be in this continuity. Yeah, it was, it was a surprise. I mean, you know, I didn't expect that from Superman, to be honest. So when it went that route, it was interesting to see a different version of Superman. But, uh, but you know, it, I, honestly, I, I have always liked DC heroes because they're iconic. You know, they move in in different directions. They, 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 you know, the, the Marvel characters, and it, it's two totally different universes. The Marvel characters tend to be, you know, Spider-Man's worrying about paying his rent and, and, and you know, a Sue right. Storm, a bad hair day and stuff like that. You don't see that stuff in DC. They're much more iconic. I I am drawn to the iconic characters like that. So I, I'm actually really excited to see what you're going to do with Superman because, you know, people have kind of watered Superman down because they're too afraid to make him, you know, he can't be a uh, a big 
a big a high power character because they don't sometimes i think it's the writers they they feel it's too much of a challenge they can't they're not up to that but that i'm so happy to hear you say i want that i, I want to grab a hold of that and make that happen because that's who superman really is at his core yeah, thanks. I totally agree. Um, I've always kind of seen the Justice League, like the core Justice League characters, as um, kind of like expressions of the old Greek pantheon, you know? Like they just, they embody, like they're just this larger, like you said, they're not, they're not as, as I don't know. It's, it's hard to say they're not as real as the, as the Marvel characters. It makes it sound like a slam, but it's not meant to be. Like the, the Marvel characters, like you said, it's stuff like making rent and, um, you know, just little problems like that. You don't see the Justice League in that light, I guess. Like you kind of see them more in terms of, um, you know, Zeus and Hades and Mercury and Poseidon. Like you kind of, you see Superman, Batman, um, the Flash, Aquaman, Wonder Woman. You kind of see them in, the, in that same light. Like these, like you're, like they're gods among men, you know? Mm-hmm. And now they still have, you want to humanize them sometimes and see them talking to people and make, you know, make them relatable in certain ways, but they should still, DC heroes should have that, that huge godlike quality to me. But see, some of the things that have happened to Superman and and it sounds like you're incorporating all what Brian Michael Bendis has done and uh, other people have done. This is all still part of, of the, the, your universe of Superman. But it, it, you know, he's gotten married. He's uh, he's got had a son, uh, and from what I'm reading, you're planning to have the son participate in your story and stuff. So that uh, those elements can help humanize him. He can still be iconic, but he's still dealing with with you know uh, when you're dealing with you know your significant other, you're dealing with a a child and stuff like that. Those are things that we can relate to, even though he's still this high powered individual. It sounds like you're going to go that route with him. Do you see these relationships as kind of a humanizing element for him? Yeah, completely. I think I was telling someone that the, I think, I mean, Superman has this, this great love of all life, right. Of all life on earth, all life in the universe, great respect for it. And um, he just, he has his compassion for, for everything and everyone. And that's such a big idea. I think it's kind of hard for the average person to kind of wrap their head around. Um, but I think most people can understand the love that you would feel for a child or a parent or, or even a sibling or somebody you've taken care of, you know, you understand what that is like, you know, we've, you know, there's, if you know somebody from birth, you know, with all their flaws, you love them no matter what, you know, like no matter what terrible thing they do, or if they make a mistake or whatever, you don't, you don't judge them the way they do a stranger. Um, you just love them and you, I mean, you love your son, no matter, no matter what, I certainly love mine more than uh, I would have been able to conceive before. Um, and that makes Superman's love for all life, just more approachable and more understandable. I think it's a way to kind of boil Superman's compassion down into like a single, like focusing on a single person and just makes it much more relatable for the average character. Uh, so writing a relationship stuff between uh, Superman and John is just the best thing. It's almost too easy. Like it's just so easy to make, you know, to, to show how much he loves his son and make him relatable to us. Can you draw for your, from your real life experience and, and apply that to Superman and Jonathan? Oh my God. That's all I do. Yeah. 
I mean, his, my kid is, I mean, before I got like months ago, before I got this gig, um, I <laughs> took a picture with my son. I had like a, I have a, like a kingdom come Superman t-shirt and Anders has a, um, you know, like a Superman outfit that he wear, like a, a t-shirt with a cape that goes on the back. And, um, we took a picture together just for fun, you know, and, and now we're kind of living it. And he's, he play, he dresses up in superhero costumes and plays all the time. We're constantly playing superhero Legos or, uh, just pretend like we'll go, he goes on these really long runs with me. He's only six, but he, he'll run with me a lot. Um, he'll run like miles at a time. And he, um, and whenever we do, we make up these stories, you know, we're, we're playing Avengers or justice league or, you know, Mandalorian or whatever. And, um, so yeah, I mean, we're, we're basically workshopping those stories all the time and to have a, a little boy who loves superheroes the way he does and looks up to Superman the way he does then be able to write Superman is just just so perfect. I just love it. Wow, that's going to be cool to see. I, I, it's going to be really interesting. On some levels, you're actually displaying some of your relationship with your son. You're going to be. We might be learning a little bit about how you relate to your son by by reading these books. Yeah, I think so. There's going to be a lot of us in there. I want Anders to read these books later in life and and see himself on the page and see how much I love him just in the book. You know, that's kind of the goal. It should be fun. Because Jonathan, you know, that he was younger and then they, they aged him and he's been in the future, but you're bringing him back. And he's got, is he going to be permanently back or is he going to be back and forth? How, how's that going to work with him? Um, I don't want to spoil too much, but he's, um, he's already been around quite a bit. Like he's already been around in the Bendis run um, since like he, he left, went to the, went to the Legion and he's been, he's in Legion now he's in the book, but he's also come back to present day. And um, so he's kind of around already. That's not a huge, um, that's not a huge change to the status quo right now, but yeah, he's going to be around. He's going to be really important. I'll say that. Now, well, I got to ask this too. If your relationship with your son impacts, you know, uh, Superman and his son, what about your relationship with your wife as opposed to uh, Lois? Are, are, are we going to see, you know, the, the relationship? Because, see, there was this Kurt Busiek story a long time ago that I, I always look to as an ideal Superman story. Superman was so busy saving the world, he was going to lose his job if he didn't turn in a story on time. But he was so busy saving the world that he couldn't do it. And he comes home and he's all dejected and he goes to Lois. Oh my gosh. He says, I've lost my job. He says, I, I was so busy saving the world that I couldn't, you know, save my job. And Lois turns to him and says, you know, even Superman needs a helper now and again. I wrote the story for you. So you did turn in the story. I was so touched by that story. That was such a, you know, even Superman doing all these things still needs a helper now and again. And that's what Lois was in that story. And I went to him and I told him, I said, wow, that was such a wonderful, incredible story. I, I just, you know, I was so touched by that. Are we going to see, you know, how are you going to view his relationship with Lois? Are, are we, is it going to be uh, uh, like Jonathan with your son and stuff? Are, are you going to be able to relate some of that to your relationship with your wife? Um, that's a little more complicated, um, <laughs> but uh, the the story that we're about to tell is is a, a really big, epic story that takes place on a grand grand scale, and doesn't it's not really going to have to do that much with like I mean John is kind of part of it because he is like his dad as far as the powers and his place in the universe, um, but we're not going to see much of the Daily Planet crew in my in my arc. 
Um, there are going to be backup stories in which we see more of this, his supporting cast. But the story is primarily about Superman and um, in some ways about John. Mm, okay. So, so look forward there, are, to. there are two books. Though. I mean, like Superman is one title and Action Comics is another. So um, they will both kind of be, be different in that way. So, well, now you bring that up, I have to ask, how are you going to differentiate the the two of them? What's going to be the difference? If you get Superman, what, what's going to be something different from action? Um, <laughs> Dang, I can't really say. Okay. Um, well, maybe that's something we got to buy the book. You know, I, I don't want to. I will say, well, it's such a, there's a very easy answer for it, but it's, it will, it would be a, it would be a monster spoiler. So I no, can't, no, no, I, don't I can't really that. say, I will no, say, no. I, I will say that I'm not going to be on on both books forever. Um, okay. Like the, the idea was never to like, like Bendis has been doing both titles for a long time. Right. That's, that was never quite the, the idea here. Um, the idea for, for my run was going to be to kind of set the stage with both runs um, with both monthly titles and then have them kind of funnel into one title down the road, like later, like later down the line, there's got, we're building up to this monster Superman event and both titles are going to kind of funnel into that. And then um, at that point I'll be on one title and not the other. Okay. Cause so you're going to, you're, you're building towards this. Yes. So that's what's going on. Okay. Very good. Cause I, I like that. There's nothing better than a writer who knows where we're going. You know, it's like when you get in a car, you get in a car and you drive somewhere you know where you're going, you know, you, everything is building up towards getting there. But there are a lot of writers who I have to say, I read and I go, I, I don't know where we're going. You know, they don't, it doesn't feel like they know where they're going either. But that's one thing about your writing. And I have to say from, from uh, all the books that I've read and all the stories of yours, I always know you have a destination in mind. And I think that's, that makes your reading really enjoyable for me. I, I, that's one of the things I just love that when, when somebody knows where we're heading and we can tell that, you know, where you're going. I, I, that's, that's one of the things about your writing that I enjoy. And I'm going to, I'm dying to see a big Superman event. We haven't had one of those in a long time. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. I think that sounds like a great thing. Well, thanks. Yeah. I it's, yeah, we definitely have to know where we're going with this one. It's just this massive thing. Um, so yeah, that's definitely required in this case. Um, but I, I can't wait to do it. It's such <clears throat> not to say that Bendis has not also been doing these massive things. I mean, the, he made he took some Bendis took some huge swings, made big changes. Um, make the way he made John like as as important to the universe or more so than than Clark. Um, that was a huge thing that he did and, I, and it worked out great. I mean, the way he, that he's in Legion now makes all the sense. It's given us this great book. Um, and, uh, the stuff with Rogel Czar was great. I mean, he's, he's been doing these big epic things, but always kind of in the context, he's always, Superman's always had that home base to go back to as well. He's kind of kept us grounded with the, the daily planet crew and everything happening with the daily planet there. And, and, uh, you know, Jimmy and chief and all those guys. Um, the thing that we're about to do is, he, it's just different. I, I can try not to spoil everything, but it's, um, yeah, he's been did such a great job of humanizing the character of Superman that it, I felt like it's kind of freed me up to go the other direction and just give, give you the biggest, the grandest scale Superman story I could ever envision. You know, if I only get one chance to tell Superman story, this is it. Like it's just the biggest thing I could conceive of. Um, so I hope people like it. 
Oh, I, I'm sure I will, because I, I love it when different aspects of characters are revealed for a while. You know, one of the things that Bendis did, and, and there's been a lot of debate about it, is that Superman revealed his secret identity, that he was Clark. Right. Uh, how did uh, – gosh, I don't want to – you know, I'm, I, you're never going to, you know, say something bad about it, but – I'm just kind of interested because there's a lot of debate as to, and there's been even debate amongst the Justice Leaguers in the stories as to whether it was a wise thing to do. Did did you? How did you react to that? Um, honestly, not bad. I, I mean, I know a lot of people were like, "What are you doing? You're breaking. You're breaking the toys." Um, <laughs> and it's been this, that aspect of his personality has been there for like literally the, the entire time. And to undo that is a huge, huge shift. And I, I get the people that made people nervous or angry. Um, I totally get it. Um, but if we just take it, if we just take it on its merit and look at it, look at what he actually did and what it meant. I mean, his Superman's mantra is truth and justice. And he has kind of been lying to us this whole time. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> for good reason, but um, it does sort of make sense. That um, I mean, the Daily Planet has already been in danger. Like everyone already has already known the Daily Planet's relationship with Superman this whole time to some degree. They already know that he has friends there, so they were already kind of in danger anyway. Um, yes, there's an issue of his 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 crew back in Smallville, but um, I don't know. It it didn't bother me like that just that particular decision at all. I th- it made sense for the Superman character to just come clean and tell the truth. Well, you know, it was interesting. It reminded me of when he got married or when he revealed his identity to Lois. You know, that whole thing, that was a seismic shift. And there were so many people who were just like, oh, my gosh, you ruined the character. It's over. He's gone. Right. But now I can't imagine Superman without being married to Lois. You know, I, sometimes the, these shifts happen and it changes the character. But I think it's a, it, it, it's a good thing. You know, it was like when Batman was supposed to marry Catwoman. I was actually hoping he was going to marry Catwoman because of all the years I've been reading Batman, I have never seen Batman married. And I thought that would be something I haven't read before. But, of course, they, they changed all that. Sure. But the thing that was with Superman, I cannot imagine Superman not being married to Lois now. And there was a time when that was like the farthest thing out there. You know, the old Lois was saying, I have to trick him into a loving relationship, which I thought was a wonderful joke on all that right but now now that it's there i i i can't imagine not having it you know it might be that way this will be the same thing with the revealing of the identity maybe over time we'll go back and say you know that was a good idea i personally think so i mean i honestly never even back in the day back before all the changes when i was just a kid and you know he and lois were still just kind of like there's that weird like romantic thing happening Mm mm-hmm I mean, people like old school Superman fans might not like me saying this, but I never really cared for that. I never cared for it when she was kind of, kind of, you know, not always nice to Clark. <laughs> Generally, kind of look, kind of looked down on Clark. Thought he was kind of a sissy and didn't really, just clearly didn't really respect Clark all that well. And but then was way into the big hulking strongman Superman. I didn't think that spoke particularly highly of Lois. I always thought that was kind of, I didn't care for her, her character very much, honestly, even in the movies, I was like, why are you so such a jerk to Clark? Like all the time, like he's this super awesome guy, but only the big jock is the guy that you're into. Like I just did not. The Superman was like a jock in the, in the negative way, but like the, the athlete, the athletic big, you know, famous guy is the one that she was into, but the nice guy, 
was always kind of put down. I don't know. I never really cared for that. So when he did come clean, that kind of solved that problem for me. <laughs> like then it, then they can just be in love and it's just, it can just be easier in the long run. And same thing when they got married, I had no problem with that at all. And now they're just assumed to be a couple and, you know, and now of course a family, mm-hmm. I had, I had no problem with those steps because of the problems I had with Lois early on. And honestly, I kind of feel the same way um, now about the secret identity thing. Like it was, I, I mean, I, I understood from the beginning what a huge change in the status quo would be, but um, I never really needed all the, like the stuff that you say about like, Oh, I got to turn my story in on time. That's cool. And it's cool to give Superman to to ground him in some way. Um, And it makes sense that he would be in that particular field. It's cool that he's also like a, a thinker and a writer as well as a, as well as this physical powerhouse. Um, and it's cool that he's trying to, it makes sense that he would try to save the world and do, do good in other ways, even if it's just with his journalism, as opposed to like literally saving people. Um, but I don't really need all the alter ego stuff. To me, it kind of seems like a Spider-Man problem mm-hmm. where you've got this guy trying to make rent, trying to get, trying to make his deadline while also swinging around. And it gets, that's just an, such an inherent part of who Spider-Man is. Superman to me doesn't really need that. So I, I mean, it's cool that i like how, how it was executed in Bendis's run where he's still writing stories and Lois is still a huge part of the story. That's all very well done. And it's, it's great. But uh, as far if we're, if we're just boiling Superman down to who he is and what he is, I never needed that aspect of him. Hmm. Interesting. That's cool. Now I got to ask you about one thing too, because Batman's my guy. I mean, I respect and enjoy Superman. Batman's my guy. Your view on Superman, how is that going to change how he interacts with Batman? Are we going to, we're not going to see, it sounds like Batman in your, your run on the, in, in the story. We are for a bit, actually. Um, oh. He's going to be, let's see, what can I, what can I tell you? That's not a huge <laughs> problem. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to ask these things in some ways because no, I know. It's okay. That- I want to give you stuff. I, I just, I got to make sure I'm not giving you too much where I don't get the nasty gram. Um, okay. Yeah. No. Let me see. Um, I will does say, it change the relationship? Is it is it different? Their relationship does change somewhat. Yeah, in the in in the first big arc that I do, like this, the beginning of my run is kind of divided up into a bunch of different little arcs. Like my my first story after Future State, I have few, I have two Future State stories, uh, which I'm incredibly proud of. And I can't wait for people to see those. And then I'm doing a two issue special with Phil Hester. Um, Phil Hester, he was like. Artist, artist, he's incredible. He's um, he's drawing super. Uh, let's see, Superman twenty nine, and then Action ten twenty nine, and it's a two part that crosses over the two titles. Hmm. And then Scott Godlewski is going to be drawing Superman for a while, and Daniel Semperi is drawing Action for a while. Um, in one of those arcs, Batman plays an important role. Um, the Justice League as well, and um that kind of sets up like the stuff that happens between Superman and Batman and the justice league kind of sets up everything that's to come. Um, so yeah, he's going to be in it and you're going to see him. And then he's, we're going to see a bunch of new characters introduced as well that I'm, I mean, not, I mean, new characters, but also familiar characters that you would not necessarily associate with Superman who are going to be in, involved in a big way. Yeah. I read that in one of your interviews that you were going to introduce other characters. I was wondering is because you mentioned in an interview and you were just talking about the fact that Superman's, these characters are new characters in some sense. Are they new to Superman? Are they brand new characters we haven't seen before? Are they a combination of both? How's that work? 
combination of both. We're going to see um, we're going to see some characters that you would never associate with Superman kind of join join it. the team for a while, join the the book um, for a bit. And at some point, there's going to be a big change in setting, and we're going to see a completely new cast. I lost you there, unfortunately, Philip. Uh, oh no! Can you say that again? Can you hear me now? Yes, I can hear you now. Go ahead. Um, let's see. Sorry, I may remind. We're about to edit this out. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna see a cast of of DC characters that people will recognize, people that DC fans will recognize but would not associate with Superman. Okay. So there's going to be joined by some new characters that we have not seen kind of in this way. And then at some point there's going to be a big change of setting and you're going to see an entirely new cast. And I really mm. can't, cannot wait for that. Mm. I mean, what's that like? I mean, to create new characters that involve, that interact with Superman. I mean, that's gotta be, you know, that's quite the challenge. It's the best, honestly. Like I, I feel the same way about, about, like when I'm writing music, it's to me, it's so much more fun to write a new piece rather than to arrange a piece that's already out there. Um, and I feel the same way about characters and settings and just mythology. I want to make the world bigger, not smaller. You know, I, I, it's cool for readers to see the familiar, to see people that they recognize or places they recognize or ideas, mythology they recognize. But it's so much cooler when you see things that you've never seen before. To me, I, I think so. I mean, I, I mean, you need a combination of both. You need to just remind people that this is a world that's lived in, that's been around a long time and see, see things that you recognize, but also introduce new ideas that makes the, the place grow. That's what I really love doing is introducing new ideas. See, that that's a great thing when you can introduce a character and it, it it's a part of the mythology that other people access. And, and like, you know, I, I always, you know, again, I, I hate to keep referring to Batman, but he's my guy. I, I, I see these villains come along, you know, like Magpie was introduced by John Byrne and she kind of comes around every once in a while, but you know, she's, I always think that's kind of respect for John Byrne out of the fact that this character gets used occasionally. But, you know, the thing that the, if you create like uh, Batgirl or, or somebody like that who is a part of it, like, you know, you create Jimmy Olsen or something like that in Superman and other people do that. I mean, that's got to be, you know, when you see other people using those characters, that's got to be quite satisfying, I would think. Yeah, I can't wait. I mean, I have not had that experience yet. I have not yet made up a character that got used elsewhere uh, in a DC book, but God, I can't wait for that to happen. I am. Um, so, yeah, it's. I understand the thrill of seeing a, a character you recognize from an old book show up again. Um, and that's important. And I mean, it's super fun also to, to take one of those characters and flesh them out a little more to give them more backstory to just add to their mythology somehow. That's also really rewarding when you, you got a character that you thought you knew mm-hmm. and then you find out some aspect of them that makes it so much deeper. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Like I, that's, that's really, really fun too. And we all, we are doing some of that in this book as well. We're taking a, very prominent character that we thought we knew and just making them much cooler in my opinion. Hmm. Yeah, that'll be fun. I'm looking forward to that because I, I, I still, you know, I, I read comics and I, I keep seeing people say that the superhero genre is, is dead, that there's nothing oh, okay, new. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what? Nothing, <laughs> nothing new under the sun. I mean, we've done every possible, you know, long John story and I'm going like, don't you read these things? There are great stories coming out there. That that obviously this person is not reading because, you know, the, yeah, there have been some wonderful stories, but I don't think we're anywhere near the bottom of the barrel on this stuff. Yeah, I mean, I've heard respected people say that kind of thing, but honestly, it just feels like an ignorant comment to me. Like it's 
I mean, there's so much creativity happening all the time. I mean, yeah, you could say you could find ways to twist it around and be like, nah, it's already been done. Here's the thing. This idea has already been done. I mean, you can say that about any literature in the last, you know, 200 years. Like you can find some, I mean, every, I mean, no one has ideas in a vacuum. I mean, everything is inspired by something else, but that doesn't mean that you're not doing new things with it. It's all about the execution. I mean, I, one time I, um, was in a, like a little masterclass with a, well, actually technically this is, this was after the masterclass. I was like at the bar with him after that, I got this great jazz trumpet player who said, um, he had, I asked him what he was listening to these days. <clears throat> and he said he wasn't listening to any jazz really. Um, or any, I think he might even said he wasn't really listening to music at all anymore. He said, I've, I've, I've got probably however many thousands of albums he owned. You know, I've been listening to this since I was, you know, 10 years old and I've heard so many albums like for however many years, you know, I think I got it. You know, I know how jazz goes basically is what he was saying. Wow. And some, pe- some people kind of, kind of chuckled at that at the bar, like, wow, this guy must be awesome. I did not have that impression. I was like, that's such an ignorant thing to say. And I was very disappointed to hear that because I mean, there are people, even at that time when he said that, there were these other people doing amazing things that were so original. And I knew from the way he was talking that he didn't know anything about those people. Cause he was just, he just kind of turned his brain off and was just kind of coasting through like, well, I already know everything I need to know about jazz. I just hated that comment. And um, I guess I feel the same way about saying superhero stuff is dead. Like that's just not true. <laughs> I mean, and there's as long as there are other, I mean, comics is a, a medium, not a genre. You know, like as, as long as there are new ideas coming out in comics, mm-hmm. those people are going to be, you know, doing stuff with and without capes, or they're at least going to be influencing people who are doing superhero books. And this, the, the medium is going to continue to grow and thrive and adapt. And, you know, that's, that's just how I see it. Well, the great thing is, is that you're getting to participate in that and making that happen. And I think Superman is one of those characters that I have long admired and long thought it's I see people struggle with the character, but then you know like with your stuff on I can tell you're excited about it, and then i I'm excited listening to you about the kind of things you're gonna do with Superman. I think it gosh, it's just i I'm looking forward to kind of a Superman Renaissance. I'm hoping that that people will go, oh my gosh, Superman is really cool, you know? no, that'd be nice to hear yeah i uh, I can't wait for people to see what we have coming. Now, speaking of that, when are things going to start? You said you've got two in the in the future state stuff, right? Yes, I do. Okay. Do you know when they're going to come out, roughly? Yeah. Um, Superman Worlds of War, excuse me, Superman Worlds of War, number one, comes out, I want to say January 19th. And then there's a, that's a two-issue thing. So the second one comes out in February. Mm-hmm. And the other one I'm doing is called uh, Superman House of L. And that one takes place far in the future. Um, but the, the future of the of the Superman line, and uh, that comes out in February. It's a double sized single issue. Mm-hmm. Now, when is, does your Superman run start? Is that in March? Yeah, the, the ongoing monthly books. I mean, I've got I've got Superman coming out every month starting next month. But um, if we don't count Future State, then my first monthly titles are uh, both in March. Both the Phil Hester issues come out in March. Cool. So something to look forward to. So if you haven't been getting Superman, now's the time to get back in there because I think you're going to see some great stories. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait to. Thanks, Wayne. I really appreciate your support. You've always been great about reading my stuff and saying kind things. I it's always a pleasure to talk to you, and I can't wait for you to see what we're doing in Superman. 
It's going to be great. Let me real quickly talk about your other stuff. Are there other projects you're working on? You talked about Last Sons of America, which I told you when I saw you. I think it was in New York I saw you. Yeah. I had just gotten to sit down and read it, and smoke was pouring out of my ears. <laughs> Thanks. That was an amazing story. That was, I, I, the, the concept and the execution and everything was just I was stunned. <laughs> oh, thanks so much, man. Yeah, we're we're super proud of it, and it's still getting developed. So we're hoping to see it on screen at some point. Oh, that'd be fun. These other books that you're doing too. I mean, you did Marvel Zombies for pity's sakes. You're, you're breathing life into all these different things, and 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 not only that, bringing new situations and new stories, which I think is greatness. Are there is Superman going to keep you busy for a while now? Are there other things that we should be watching for? I'm going to be writing Superman for hopefully a long time. Um, but that's not the only title I'm doing. I'm also, I'm also, so I'm doing both titles there for a while. I'm doing another thing uh, at the big two that I can't talk about just yet, but I'm also doing, um, alien at Marvel, which has been announced. That's also coming out in March. What's that about? I'm, I'm not familiar with that one. Alien. Well, it's based on the, the film franchise. So oh. like there's that huge series of alien comics that like alien and predator and all those that they, that they did at dark horse for years and years. Um, Marvel now has the rise to those. So the alien and predator franchises are both at Marvel now and I'm writing the launch of alien in March. Wow. I mean, talk about 180 degrees different from Superman. <laughs> yeah, I know it's yeah. You uh, could not find two more different franchises, but I uh, am a huge fan of both. I honestly, if I could have picked, two books to work on it probably would have been these two i i'm i've been an alien fan since i was embarrassingly too young <laughs> i was watched that movie way before i was should have been allowed to but um but man i love those films love them and um we're doing a story very much in the tradition of those films salvador la roca is doing the artwork he's crushing it um yeah i cannot wait for people to see that book too Sometimes you have to do a Superman alien crossover. <laughs> they did one. Um, Dan Jurgens wrote one back in the day. Yeah, but your your take would be interesting to read too. <laughs> it, it would be fun. Yeah, that that would be really exciting. So, other things that that's going to keep you busy, pretty much. Um, let me see. There's still another thing I can't announce. Uh, Killer Man just hit shelves from AfterShock. It's a, an LGBTQ MMA fighter who uh, loses his, who gets outed and loses everything, and has to kind of find his way back. That's co-written with Steve Orlando, art by Al Morgan. Um, that's already on shelves. Let me see what else is coming out. DC is putting out Infinite Frontier, which is an anthology um, kind of tying in. Basically, it kind of functions as a bridge between death metal and future state into present-day continuity. I have a story in there about Superman. Um, yeah, those are the things that I'm working on currently. I hope to do some creator-owned thing. I mean, Last God is still coming out. The, the issue 11 just came out. Issue 12 comes out next month, and then that's it for the first book of Last God, and we hope to come back to that <clears throat> before too long. Boy, right. I, I say this sometimes, but and and some people get on me for it, but it's true. If I see your name on a book, I buy it because yeah, I'm oh, going to get a Thanks great, so much, Steve. I'm going to get a great story, and I'm going to read something I have not seen before. I can guarantee you that. I mean, Smoketown still to me is one of those highlights in my reading experience. I I, I read the individual issues, and then when the trade came out, I bought the whole trade, and I sat down and read the whole story. Altogether, and I got two different experiences from it. It was really wow. such a well-written thing. I, I to this day, I still. And if somebody asks me what's a great book, I, I push that, I put that trade in front of people. I said, "This is a read the trade. The trade will oh, be man. something amazing." Thank you so much. I'm so proud of that book. The art team too. We just put so much love into it, and and that one's getting uh, potentially developed as well. So we hope to see hope to see more Smoke Town in the future. So we could see your name on the big screen. I hope so. 
Yeah, we'll see how it goes. I mean, you know, everything's the you know film and TV. The the whole scene is you know is different than it was given COVID. So we'll see how that all goes. But yeah, potentially yes. That'd be great. Well, congratulations on Superman. I cannot wait to read it. I can't wait to see. I I, I hope it's a big, you know, it, it's tough following Brian Michael Bendis, of course, a, a you know a, a name like few others. But I think you're going to live up to it, and I think you're going to take Superman even where where Mr. Bendis hasn't taken him. And I think that's going to be fun. To oh, read. thanks, man. Yeah, I mean Brian Michael Bendis is one of my industry heroes. Honestly, he um, when I came back into comics. After some years away, having not read a comic for a while, um, I discovered Powers, that series that he did up so great, and New Avengers. And from there, I found his Jinx World stuff and like Torso and um, and just so much great work. I, I always just loved his – the way he wrote dialogue and just a huge fan. He, re, he was a huge influence on me and how, how I wrote. So to, to follow him on this book is a huge honor. Well, I think someday people are going to going to compare your names are going to your name is going to be right there with Mr. Bendis. I think because yeah. you're, you're doing wonderful stuff, and I, I the more you do, the more excited I get about what you got. You've got these great ideas and great handles of characters, and I just I am so excited that we're going to get to see so much. I I told you once I said when when is and and, and I, I I'm not uh, I don't mind saying this. I said when is DC going to wise up and give you a book and. <laughs> Boy, they have they've wised up. <laughs> well, thanks. Yeah, I, I am extremely grateful for the opportunities I've had at DC and Marvel, and the books that are coming out in March. I am just could not be more thrilled with, and uh, very grateful to both companies. And I just want to give my best work so they keep me around. Well, again, let me say, if you see Philip's name on a book, buy it. I can guarantee you're going to get a good read. So, well, thanks, excellent. my friend. People need dramatic examples to shake them out of apathy and I can't do that as Bruce Wayne as a man I'm flesh and blood I can be ignored I can be destroyed but as a symbol get the latest from the comics universe news interviews previews and reviews listen to the weekly Wayne's Comics Podcast so you can keep reading your comics May your 2021 be even better than this year. And until next time, keep reading your comics. What's the S stand for? It's not an S. On my world, it means hope. Well, here it's an S. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 